on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Three and two with two outs on Rodolfo Castro. Hader throws. Struck him out, swinging ball game over. Hader comes in, strikes out a pair, and the Brewers will leave Pittsburgh winners of two of three in the series. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Pauley. Another win for the Brewers. Another series of victory as the Brewers take a 2-1 win today in Pittsburgh. End up taking 2 of 3 in the series. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. We are broadcasting live at State Fair Park, the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios, to be specific of where we're at. If you want to join us, you can do so today. Multiple ways to get in contact with the program. You can call or text into the AccuNet Mortgage. Mortgage Talk and Text Line, the phone number 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air is how you get in contact uh, with me on Twitter. 2-1 win today for the Brewers. Eric Lauer makes the start, his first start since coming off the uh, COVID injured list. Four innings, one run on three hits, six strikeouts, no walks. Can't complain about what he did there. The Brewers push across a enough. They get two runs in the first three innings and then really just let the pitching and the bullpen take over after that. Brent Suter, Jake Cousins, Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, all doing a really good job for Cousins. He pitched himself into a little bit of trouble, but he got that slider working and got a couple strikeouts and got out of the jam as the Brewers do come up with the victory today, 2-1 to one, the final score. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine and Augie. Uh, this is just a, a solid win for the Brewers today led by pitching and from top to bottom they got really solid pitching today yeah we talked yesterday about this you know when your teams are struggling they find the we all say they find ways to lose well this Brewer ball club really finds ways to win and they just go out and continually win series and the position they are there are enough games in first place though they just have to take care of what they do best and that's go out win ball games and win series and they've done a, a, a great job at that to look at it today today it was a pitching day. It's offensively, didn't quite swing the bat the way they like to, but pitching-wise, with Eric Lauer went coming off a of co-ed, really pitched very well. And I tell you, what else can we say about Brent Suter? Brent Suter's now 12-5 and five coming out of bullpen. He's a pretty happy camper coming out of that bullpen in that fourth, fifth, and sixth innings like he has been. And it's just showing that he's thrown the ball very well with that record of 12-5. and five. Yeah, twelve and five, and let's not forget he's got a two point eight one ERA. Augie, we've talked about it when he is put in the correct situation, and he's a he is a fantastic person to have on your team on days when maybe your starting pitcher doesn't give you a ton of length. He can go multi innings if you need him to. Today, obviously, it was just a one inning uh, stint with tomorrow's off day. The bullpen really lined up, but Suter seems to be that guy who, uh, when you don't get a ton of length from uh, the bullpen from the starter, he's able to come in and really bridge that gap. You know, he's one of those guys, he's very versatile, but you really gotta like his approach. There's no time, there's no time in any game where he doesn't think that he can help your ball club win. And that's the versatility, that's a real positive mental attitude that he has about going into games. He just wants the ball and he wants to help the ball club. Now, we've seen him get a, a couple opportunities at, at getting a save and he finally did get the save the other night. And we see him coming in at different times in the games and the, uh, bullpen is, uh, in a bind a little bit. He's always there. 
there. He can pitch multi-innings, multi-days. And he's one of those guys that when you talk about guys when in the bullpen that really are uh, that you really look to when you need it, I'll tell you, Brent Suter's been that guy. And he's been there all year long, pitching in whatever capacity you want. He can start. He can pitch middle. He can pitch long. He can give you extra innings. He can pitch short. And he can even come out and get that one guy left if you want. You have to go three hitters, but he can come and do that. And uh, he's just been a, a very positive part of this Brewer bullpen. Augie, for Eric Lauer, this was his first time he had pitched in almost two weeks. And he'd been on the COVID list. And a lot has been made up of uh, when he was on the COVID list, he and Josh Hader were throwing bullpen sessions uh, with each other uh, just kind of on their own. And you would have loved to have seen what that looked like with uh, with a couple lefties out there uh, you know, trying to catch one or the other. But from, from just a baseball perspective, how tough is it for Lauer to be in a situation where he doesn't pitch in a big league game for a couple weeks, he doesn't go on a rehab assignment, and he's just placed right back into a major league game, and he goes four innings giving up just the one run on three hits? You know, first of all, Matt, it's always fun to be around a left-hander. I mean, it's it, being around left-handers. It's just it's what the world's left-handers always think right. And you know, when those guys get together, I'm sure it was good for both guys because they're really good people. And you start with the good people, always with that uh, having that ability to go out and 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 do the good things. And I'm sure that when you looked at what Eric and 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 Josh did, I think they talked a lot about pitching. A lot about there's probably more to it about pitching is about being able to be successful and I think that's the only th- a positive thing you can have uh, when you have two teammates working together during a time when they can't go in a capacity of play uh, pitching on the major league level but you know you got to really like what Eric Lauer has done this year he's where before he was a type of guy that got in a little bit of a str- struggle a little bit and it seemed like he, he would give in a little bit just try to overthrow or try to over execute and, and really struggle at times this year what is he done he's really taken a step back and slowed the game down but yet be still aggressive in the strike zone I I really like the way he pitched today did he have his great stuff I don't think he had his great stuff today but I'm gonna tell you what he was not gonna walk in by he was aggressive in the strike zone he used all his pitches and he had the confidence that if he went and executed those pitches he was gonna be successful he gave the Brewers four strong innings and I thought he threw the ball very well yeah, you look at some of his, uh, as we break down his numbers, he threw his uh, four-seamer today 35 uh, times, so that was about half of his pitches. 49% of his pitches uh, were uh, were the four-seam fastball. He topped out at about 94 today uh, on the four-seamer. You look at the other pitches, he used his cutter 14 times. Through that for strikes, though, nine of 14 of his cutters went for strikes today, Augie. Six of his eight change-ups went for strikes. Twelve of his uh, 15 sliders uh, went for strikes and going back to that four seam fastball 22 of his 35 went for strikes so he threw all of his pitches at least at 63 percent of a strike rate and the change up and slider reach were above 75 percent it's uh as long as you don't catch too much of the zone it's amazing you you can you, you even if you don't have your best stuff if you are executing pitches uh it doesn't really matter what your best stuff is you're able to go out there and be effective when he first came over to milwaukee uh matt he talked about executing his breaking ball on the inside part of the plate, that backdoor slider that he 
he has, or a little over-breaking ball. He liked to throw it on the inner half of the plate, and then what he liked to do is elevate the fastball in and, and fastball in, and then throw a little sinking fastball away. He's changed himself a lot. I think he's understanding now that, you know, you've got to be a little bit versatile with all your pitches, and one thing we're seeing out of him, he, he talked about that cutter. Being able to throw that cutter both on the inside part and the outside part of the plate to a right-hander is it's huge, because you can get that ball, you get that ball down in the zone, you get those hitters off their front foot, you're going to get a weak fly ball or a ground ball or even a strikeout. We saw Cousins do that to get a big strikeout at the, in the in the inning that he pitched today. But when you get when you're able to command the, those pitches to both sides of the plate, feel comfortable comfortable with them and executing there, you're going to be successful. And I think that's the biggest change I have seen in Eric Lauer. I liked him when he came over when he was with San Diego. Saw him twice in spring training. Really liked his style, the way he went about it. But now it just seems he's becoming that that pitcher that really uses the entire strike zone, both sides of the plate with all those pitches, and it's really paying off for him. He's throwing the ball very well. Brewers get a 2-1 win today as they knock off the Pittsburgh Pirates. They take two of three in the series. They'll take tomorrow tomorrow off before they open up a series against St. Louis coming up on Tuesday. Don't look now. Cardinals are starting to make a little bit of a run. They've gotten themselves back into wild card contention. So uh, these games are going to mean something for St. Louis. The Cardinals are not really threatening in the division, but they are threatening in the wild card. And uh, it's going to be some great pitching matchups coming up uh, in that series against St. Louis as well. We'll discuss that. Coming up later on in the program, we have you for the next hour and 10 minutes. We are taking you all the way until 5 o'clock this evening as we broadcast live at the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park for the final day of the Wisconsin State Fair this year. I'll tell you what, this place is popping. There are a lot of people here. People are enjoying themselves. One final day of the State Fair. And as always, the folks out here have done an incredible job. Brewers get the win over the Pirates. Final score 2 1. They take two of three. We're back with more in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. One, two. Swing and a bouncer hit towards the middle. Rodolfo Castro has a throw to first and Moran was not on the bag. The ball scoots into the Brewers dugout. Escobar will get second base. Coming into score is Willie Adamas and it's one nothing Milwaukee. 2-1 Brewers get the win over the Pirates today. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. We broadcast live from the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. If you want to join us, you can do so multiple ways to get connected with the program. You can call or text into the Accident Mortgage Talk. A text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside I am Matt Pauley and Augie wanna we'll talk a little bit more about Christian Yelich after uh, the top of the hour in the news but Yelich today goes two for four he has a couple doubles uh, drives in a run his second hit was just kind of an excuse me off the end of the bat check swing that goes down the left field line but he, we've slowly seen him do a little bit more and every time it seems like we talk about this with Yelich he kind of goes back into a slump so I always kind of pump the brakes when I'm talking about Yelich and, and seeing him coming out of it. Uh, but the bottom line is, he's got a five-game hitting streak. He's hitting better than 300 during those five games. It is a tiny, tiny, tiny sample size. But if he can get back going, that just really adds another dynamic to this team. 
Yeah, we're seeing him take a lot better approaches and putting those, putting good swings on the ball. Uh, the last this last road trip, uh, it's, it looks very, it looks a lot, uh, it looks a lot better than he had been swinging prior to that. It's a good, uh, good way to start uh, the last getting into the last seven weeks of the of the season. But you know, it's, it, it, when you have a ball club that's doing so well and have so many guys that are such a big part of this ball club stepping up big, it allows Christian to Christian that ability to step back and really take his time and get to where he needs to get the important part comes to at the end of the season and that's where they really need him to step up when he steps up it's just going to make the offense that much better but this ball club all around is swinging the bat very well they're coming up with big big hits and they're hitting with runners in scoring position is much better than it was in the beginning of the season and you know they're going to need Christian by the end of the, by the end of the year but his swings have been much better hitting the ball line I thought the uh, today and yesterday he hit a couple balls real hard and had good approaches on him, didn't swing at bad pitches, and uh, a much better approach by Christian Yellow, just looking very favorable. He's starting to find it, and you can tell it just in his body language a little bit that he seems each day he comes out the game, he seems a little bit more confident, and that's good to see. It feels like this team is still trying to find its way through how they want to build the lineup against left-handed starters. Uh, one part of the, the left-handed lineup is we do see Eduardo Escobar getting starts at first base. That allows you to play Luis Urias at third base. Uh, but we saw Yelich penciled in the lineup today in the number four spot, which actually surprised me a bit. We see him three occasionally. We see him four today. Uh, again, we make way, way, way too much of, of the way lineups are put together, but we've discussed this a lot, so I think it's worth coming back and, and mentioning. I've said all along that because I feel like uh, Yelich's best thing that he's been doing recently is getting on base. That two spot makes sense. The one spot would make sense. The eight spot would make sense. But uh, just the way this lineup is put together, having a bat second makes a lot of sense to me. Bad was uh, in the three spot yesterday. Uh, today he's in that four spot, and I guess give credit where credit's due because he's got the two hits, he's got the two doubles. If you're going to be in the four spot, you want a guy who can hit for extra bases, and he does that today and drives in a run. Yeah, you have to like you know he got the two doubles today, but you know it's just I think what they're doing it's a test pattern for for Craig Council. I think he understands one thing they do they all they understand how what the approaches on the pitcher they're going to face. Like today, Peter's a very young pitcher to getting a start in a bit in the major leagues. Probably the approach they want to use he's going to get some pitches that maybe each and every time he gets a plate he's going to get a good pitch a hit. Hopefully, put a good swing on it. And I think that approach that Craig uses with this batting whether he bats him second third, fourth, or sixth, or whatever he does. I think there's a there's a way that Craig looks at it to try to put Christian in a spot where he's going to see the best pitches and get a good opportunity to, to have a good at-bats and, and be positive. And I think that really pays off. And today, putting him in that fourth slot against a young pitcher uh, did pay off because he had the two doubles. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I have a lot of texts and tweets uh, waiting for us, so we'll start uh, going through those coming up in just a few moments. We are taking you all the way till 5 o'clock, so we have you for another hour and two minutes as we broadcast live from the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park for the final day of this year's Wisconsin. Wisconsin State Fair run. The news in two minutes, and then we are back after that. Don't go anywhere. Brewers get a 2-1 win over the Pirates. We're back in a moment here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Lower the stretch again. Escobar not holding Stallings. 
Lauer's pitch struck him out swinging. High fastball. Four strikeouts for Eric Lauer in the first two innings. A 2-1 victory for the Brewers today as they knock off the Pirates. They take two of three in Pittsburgh. An off day tomorrow. Back at it coming up on Tuesday when they will take on the Cardinals. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. As we continue to broadcast the show live, we are the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. It is the final day of the State Fair. There are a whole lot of folks out there. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us 855 that is the acunet mortgage talk and text line you can also tweet into the program at matt Pauley on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air let's get to uh, some of the text and tweets that are coming into the show aaron in illinois uh, tweets in he says uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves but which starter do you think would be the number four in a playoff rotation anderson hauser or lauer Anderson has experience. He and Lauer are lefties. Hauser has had some great performances. Or do you think Council goes with the hot hand? Augie, I, I think it's still up in the air. I don't think any type of decision has been made. Uh, I get the sense that an Eric Lauer would probably end up in the bullpen, so it probably comes down to Adrian Hauser and, and Brett Anderson. Probably has a lot to do with how they are pitching going into the postseason, uh, just in the sense that, uh, we've seen some really good moments from uh, from Anderson recently, and he is a veteran. He's also somebody that pitches to contact, and if if, if you have one of those unlucky days, that can go in the, the wrong direction. Adrian Hauser of the three has probably put together the best body of work so far this year. Uh, we'll see what he looks like when he comes back from the COVID injured list. It's going to take, take him a little bit of time to, uh, to, to ramp back up. So it's a really tough question to answer for me, but I do feel like in all likelihood, and remind, just kind of a reminder that fourth starter is probably you if you play every game that you could possibly play in the postseason if your divisional series goes five your championship series goes seven and your world series goes seven you probably still only use a fourth starter twice you never use them in the divisional series you use them once in the championship series and once in the world series that's how it generally plays out so it's not somebody who would get a ton of time so maybe that leans towards somebody who could also be used in the bullpen i think they'd be more willing to use a an adrian hauser possibly out of the bullpen than a Brett Anderson, but it's a it's a fun conversation to have. It's a conversation we're going to be having a lot of over the next six weeks or so, but at this very moment, I feel like it's tough to answer the question. It really is. I, I think when you look at you know who your top three are. There's no question what, what the top three are, but I think when you look at it, when you look at their versatility, and I think what you have to look at, you got to remember in 2019, uh, Adrian Hauser was phenomenal coming out of bullpen. I think he had a like a 1-4, year or a out of bullpen in like 20 appearances threw the ball very well really dominated time we saw him earlier in the season pitch a five inning stint where he gave up just one hit and really threw the ball very well so him going to the bullpen that versatility he shows I think Eric Lauer has pitched out of the bullpen this year several times and done very well I think when you got those two guys I think it really allows you to to, to, to have more options to see what is the best matchup you got the veteran pitcher in, in Brett Anderson who really has, when you needed him this year to come up with a big start, he has really thrown the ball very well. So you get that 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 veteran 
pitcher that understands the situation, who's been in one of those guys that has had 30 starts several times during his career. And so when you look at it, Matt, I, I'm right in the same boat with you. I think it all depends on the situation and the matchups. I think matchups are going to have a lot to do with it, and I think it's a situation that they're in at that time. But to be able to have a Hauser and a Lauer in that bullpen, with that bullpen that they have now, uh, even a Brett Anderson at times, but I, I, I just think that when you got those two with their versatility, the bullpen would be a really good place for them, and then the possibility of starting Anderson. But we got a long way to go. A lot of things can happen. Someone can get hot in it. Matt, you know as well as I do, you get into September, all of a sudden you get a Hauser or a, or a Lauer or Anderson just throwing the ball so, so very well. That will make a decision easy for, for Craig Council. I do think it's worth mentioning, though, Augie, because this is very different this year than it's ever been before. As we have seen the Brewers make their way through September and getting into the postseason, in previous years we've talked about Craig Tober, and we've talked about initial outgetters, and uh, we've talked about bullpen games. We've talked about all these things, and now because of the Brewers' strength in the starting pitching with the top three and the next three, like I, a huge part of the success for this Brewers team has has been the real consistent performances from that next three of Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, and Brett Anderson. Of course, we've seen uh, Aaron Ashby c- contribute to that uh, quite recently. But the top three and the next three have all really done their jobs. Augie, we're not, we're not talking about initial outgetters in the month of uh, September this year. We're talking about the Brewers going out there and, and always having the conventional starting pitcher that you want to see get you relatively deep into the game. I think that's what's so it's so different about it. now you you've got you're pretty well set in what you want to do you've got guys who are the top pitchers in in all of baseball I still believe uh, they're the top pitching staff in all of baseball when you talk about the top three starters that they do have uh, and when you look at what they have those abilities and you brought up a name that that is kind of interesting and Aaron Ashby the way he goes about his job and the way he's thrown the ball each time he's gone out he's improved on himself and I think you remember a couple was it was it two or three years ago Go when uh, when Woody came up in a in a bullpen late in the season, pitched in a in a in the playoffs and really threw the ball very well. It really gave him that 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 ability to take that next step to be a good major league pitcher. So they have a lot of options, and I think we have a lot of time to kind of figure it out. But it's really good to know when you have a starting staff that's not only six deep but now seven deep. When you add Aaron Ashby to the to the to the mix, and then you look at what this bullpen has and the way they've been throwing the ball. You've got a lot of decisions you have to make, but they're all plus decisions that you just have to wait. And what are the matchups, and what fits best for the playoff at that uh, the playoff opponent that you're playing at the time. Uh, at Brooker, Squat, Scott tweets in and says, uh, do you see Eric Lauer, Aaron Ashby are both becoming left-handed bullpen options down the stretch and during October? I do. I just, for, for Lauer, kind of, we've already discussed it. He probably doesn't find a spot in the starting rotation, uh, as you move into the postseason. And he's somebody who can give you some innings, uh, out of the bullpen. But uh, you just mentioned it, Augie, and I do think what they do with Ashby is going to be a really interesting thing. His, his story this 
this year is an interesting one because he begins the season as a starter. Then they make the decision that they're going to turn him into a relief pitcher at AAA because they feel like he's going to have the best opportunity to uh, help the big league club as a reliever. To be blunt, he is not very successful as a relief pitcher at AAA. Uh, He comes up and he makes the one spot start, but really that was a bullpen game. He wasn't a starter that day. He was the the uh, the initial outgetter in what was a bullpen day, and that was the day where he struggled, only getting the two outs in the first inning and giving up a bunch of runs before the Brewers had that big comeback against the Cubs. He goes back to AAA. They eventually return him to starting. He starts and uh, performs at a really high level. He comes back to the Brewers. He's now gotten two starts, but it seems like he's going to get nudged out of the rotation. So I think he can help this team. This team has a track record when it comes to bringing starting pitchers up as having them help in the bullpen first. Brandon Woodruff did it. Corbin Burns did it. Freddie Peralta did it. Uh, Ashby is going to be a starter for this team at some point. There's not a spot in the rotation for him right now. It would make sense for him to go to the bullpen if they feel like uh, he can help and, and, and get big league hitters out. The big question remains, can he find that success as a relief pitcher? Because when he was working as a reliever at AAA, that seemed to be a bit of a struggle for him. Yeah, I think they're, they're really looking at what he did in AAA, but even more so the impressive pressing put on this this ball club and this organization in spring training. He just threw the ball fantastic. He never started. He came in out of bullpen, pitched an inning here or inning there, and really threw the ball very well. It's going to be interesting down, but you've got to look at, at young pitchers and getting that opportunity to pitch on a major league level and feeling comfortable and having that confidence that they can go in at any time and be successful and I, I think we saw a little bit out of Adrian Hauser who went to the bullpen we saw that uh, Eric Lauer who's been at in the bullpen. Some guys they go back and they, they just seem to find it I think they're they're doing the same thing with a guy like Aaron Ashby. I think they're getting him starts but I think either eventually when he gets into September when they can get that extra player or extra pitcher up, he continues to throw the ball well like he is. They're going to get him up there and he'll get a start or even better, they probably will get him in that bullpen to see what he can do and that Will make a that will help them make the decision what they do in the postseason, how they use him, and how they really form their ball club in their bullpen for the postseason. Brewers knock off the Pirates by a 2-1 score today. They take two of three in the series. They're going into an off day before they'll match up against the St. Louis Cardinals for a three-game series in St. Louis beginning on Tuesday. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well. At Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Once again, a 2-1 victory for the Brewers over the Pirates. We are broadcasting live at the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. It is the final day of this year's Wisconsin State Fair. We're back with more in just a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. And the pitch driven out to right. Polanco came in on it. It's over his head, and it one-hops the wall. Adamas is around third. They're going to wave him home. Here comes the throw. It's way up the third baseline as Adamas slides in there safely. And Yelich into second. The Brewers lead it two to nothing. 
One of two doubles today for Christian Yelich as the Brewers come up with a win over the Pirates. Final score 2-1 as they take two of three in the series. Off day tomorrow, open up a series against the Cardinals on Tuesday. Brewers extra innings does continue here on WTMJ as we broadcast live from the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Accident Mortgage Talk text line 855-616-1620 that's 855-616-1620 or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Got a text message uh, from the 920 said um, what does success, this is an interesting question, what does success look like the rest of the regular season? Only one series against San Francisco, LA or Cincinnati uh, or one series against San Francisco, Los Angeles and Cincinnati, lots of middling and worse teams, including lots of St. Louis. Health is number one, but is that all? 500 from here on out, it's nearly 100 wins. Do we care about the win-loss record the rest of the way? You always care about wins and losses, but my answer to that is more about you can play a good baseball game and lose. Like that, that happens. Over a 162 game season, it happens a lot. You play a perfectly fine baseball game, but for that day, for whatever reason, you lose. The other team plays better. Some luck goes against you. It happens. It happens a lot. So. What I am more worried about for this Brewers team is, yeah, health, obviously, number one. You do what you need to do. I think we saw that this past week with Avisael Garcia, where there was no, there was no urgency to go get him, uh, back in the lineup right away because you were going to go ahead and let him, uh, take his time and get all the way back healthy. But Augie, for me, it's not so much about wins and losses as long as they continue to, uh, control the division. It's not so much about wins and losses. It's it's about putting together good efforts and playing well on an every night basis. Now that's going to result in you winning more games than losing. But the I'm not actually that worried about the the overall win loss record at this point in time. You know, Matt, one of the things I really like is the mindset that a ball club has. And I think when you talk about a, a manager managing a ball club or an organization with a ball club, what you want to do no matter where you stay, sit in the standings, and that's winning series. I think winning series is a, such an important part of, of a team's attitude, the way they approach the game, and really puts them in a, in a, in a good perspective for when you get to a, a postseason, if you get that far. So I think with this ball club, and, and I agree with you, going out and playing good baseball, they have to, and they showed it. I think one of my favorite things every day is to go into Brewer Notes and look look at the Brewers win. And when you look at the Brewers win, every number on there, like scoring four, at least four runs, 16-12, I laugh at that. How can you be 48 games above 500 when you score four runs or more? Or how can you be 54-1 and one leading after eight? These numbers are 38 and, 38 and 18 when you're inside the division. These these numbers are just—they're unbelievable. Twenty-two and in, in twelve uh, in in series play. I think series play is so important. It's the challenge you get each and every every time you play a different team is to win that series, to be better than them that season. Those three games or those four games or those two games. I think those are are so important and they really set up pattern for a ball team. I don't know how you feel about it. I just like that. I think it keeps that that mojo that that 
mental attitude saying, you know what, we are good. We it's going to happen. We are going to lose ball games. We're not going to have good some good games. But if we win series consistently, we stay positive. We continue to play hard, and that's what's most important. Yeah, I said it from the beginning. I always said that look at the record against the division. Take your record against the division, and if you're really good against the division, that's what's going to propel you to a really good season. And, and I made those comments uh, when the team was be, you know, sweeping the Padres early on in the season. It's nice. It's nice to go have success against teams from the NL West and the NL East and win those interleague series. It's a nice thing to do, but at the end of the day, you want to be really good against the division. And with the win today, the Brewers are 40-19 and against the National League Central. National League Central isn't especially good this year, but that's why they're at their uh, where, where their record is at because they've had so much success against teams uh, inside of the division. You also mentioned something else. You mentioned all those notes, and when you do look at the Brewers' records in all these various spots, one of the numbers that is not as good as the Brewers would like it to be is their uh, their record in games started against left-handed starters. And Doug texted into uh, the program and said, still a little worried about about lack of runs against left-handers, he goes on to say, but with this pitching, it might not matter. Augie, I do think that's a legitimate concern, and that's part of why they brought in Eduardo Escobar, because he's going to play first base uh, against left-handed starters, but today they score two runs against a left-handed starter. Yeah, they get the win, and that's that's important, but they're, they're just three games above 500 against left-handed starters. When you look at all those gaudy numbers, when they're 20 or 30 games over, you know, 500 in different scenarios, they're not, they don't have that huge above 500 uh, average against uh, left-handed starters. So I think if you want to find a reason to be concerned about this team right now, maybe that's it. It's going to be interesting. I think what you're going to see, you're going to see down, you're going to see that, uh, from now on the rest of the season when you go in to play somebody. If they have a left hand, if they have left-handed starters, you're going to see it set up that you're going to face those guys. And I like that. I think that's the Brewers need to be challenged in that area. And I agree with you, Matt. When you look at it, just 14 game, uh, they're just 14. I believe uh, when you you face left-handed pitching now, they're 14 and 11. And when they face left-handed pitchers, if you if I date myself back and look at the games that they faced a fairly good uh, uh, left-hand pitcher that's been in the major leagues for a little while. They have had some issues with scoring runs, and I'll tell you what, Escobar is going to help this team. He's huge. Uh, such a good player, switch hitter, plays the, extra, the versatility, gives it that extra thing, and having, obviously, El Garcia having this great year that he's having. He's really been swinging the bat well. These are the guys that you need to really step up, uh, especially against the left-hand pitching. You brought up a great point, and it's going to be interesting. Now, as we see him, but uh, when you get into the rest of this, the rest of this month, and into the month of September, when you're playing, that you're playing the, the two division leaders, you're playing the, you're in the NL East, and you're play, NL West, you're playing, you're going to be playing the the Giants and the Dodgers in a series. You're going to have the Cardinals for ten games. You're going to have the Cubs for three games. You're going to have Detroit, who has been very tough on you for two games, and you're going to also play Cleveland, who's battling for a playoff spot. It's not an easy month, but it's also going to be interesting to see who they face, and are people going to start sending up left-hand pitchers against the Brewers? 
855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Going back to Aaron Ashby, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Got an interesting text message. And, Augie, this is something you're going to answer because, quite honestly, you're going to be the expert on this, and I'm not. Uh, the question is, uh, in regards to Ashby, why would there be such a drastic discrepancy in the statistics based off whether he's a starting pitcher or uh, starting a game, uh, starting pitcher, or whether he's working as a relief pitcher? And just looking at his AAA numbers specifically this season, when he has started games, he was 2-3 and three with a 2.66 ERA. In games he worked as a reliever, he was 3-1, and one, but he had a 10.20 ERA. As a starter, 47 and a third innings, 16 runs, 14 earned, 76 strikeouts, 23 walks. As a reliever, 15 innings, uh, 19 runs, 17 earned, 23, uh, 23 hits. He only had... 22 strikeouts compared to uh, the uh, to the nine walks. Like I say 22. That's a fine number. Shouldn't have said only on that. But the bottom line is, you look at the ERA: a 2.66 versus a 10.20 starting versus relieving at AAA. And we're probably going to see Ashby work as a relief pitcher for the Brewers. So I'll just defer to you on this one, Augie. Why is there such a discrepancy sometimes between how guys perform as starters and how they perform as relief pitchers? Okay, first of all, when we look at Aaron Ashby. We look at the quality of his pitches. We always talk about the first is is that that the physique style are they good enough to pitch in the big leagues? He's got all the pitches and all that stuff. But it's the number of pitches that he has. He has a good fastball, good four seam fastball, two seam fastball. He's got a great slider, a curveball that he's been throwing consistently for strikes, and the, and the changeup. When you pitch out of the bullpen, you're usually pitching one or two innings, and you go in there and you've got it's having command of all those pitches, and sometimes. You, you get over aggressive or you try to, to try to figure out what is my sequence of pitches, what is my game plan going in. And sometimes it can, when you have that number of pitches, it can be very difficult to have the great command of all those pitches. When you're starting, you know coming into thing that you're going to set a tone a certain way, the way you stop, the way you pitch. Some, most pitchers do not use all their pitches in the first couple innings. A lot of those pitchers will start off, I'm going to use today, I'm going to use a slider fastball or I'm going to go fast fastball change up or I'm going to go break a ball for strikes and then use my fastball to good locations. So they have a way of setting up their, their sequences and their routines and how they approach from the start of the game. When you come out of that bullpen, it's more of aggressiveness. It's about using only so many pitches that you can command for strikes and I think sometimes the young pitchers come out of that bullpen and they get over aggressive and they, they try to be too fine with those pitches that they do have and when you have a good number of pitches you sometimes lose that, lose that 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 ability to locate and be able to not 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 only be aggressive but be able to execute pitches and I think execution of your pitches coming out of bullpen is much more important at, at coming out immediately as it is when you start the game when you can kind of work yourself into the sequences or the aggressiveness that you want to use. Looking forward to the series coming up that begins on Tuesday. They go to St. Louis. They are going to see a ton of the Cardinals here in the final uh, six, seven weeks of the season. And the Cardinals have played themselves back into wild card contention. So the Brewers are going to have a very large role in whether or not the Cardinals are able to maybe sneak into the postseason. But, Augie, you got to love the pitching matchups here. Game one, Corbin Burns against Adam Wainwright. Game two, Freddie Peralta against Jack Flaherty. And then game three, Brandon Woodruff is going to 
get the start. St. Louis has yet to uh, announce their starter. But when you're talking about Burns, Peralta, Woodruff, Wainwright, and Flaherty as being five of the six pitchers that are going to start over a three-day period, that's a, that's a reason to be pretty excited about what you're going to be seeing. Yeah, and Adam Wainwright, there's so much saying that you know coming in this season, what would he be? He's a, he's an, uh, a veteran pitcher. They're questioning whether they're going to bring him back for a year. He's just been fantastic. Last time I'll pitch a complete game. You know, here's a guy that just goes out and he commands the strike zone, uses his break ball, breaking ball very efficient, and he pitches ahead and counts. And I'll tell you what, you look at Burns and Peralta and Woodruff, those are the guys you want to have to face the Cardinals. Car- Cardinals have a good offensive ball club. It's going to be interesting to watch these three guys face the Cardinal offense. But I'm going to tell you what, Wainwright and I think Jack Flair is one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. He's got that good quality of stuff. He's back. He was off for most of the season having him back. We all talked about early in the season what he means to this ball club. So uh, the first two games, the matchups are, they've got to be the best matchups in all of baseball because these are four quality pitchers and you had Woody for the pitch for the game on Thursday. You got five very quality pitchers going in this series and it's going to be a great series to watch. Not quite what we saw during that White Sox series, but uh, pretty good nonetheless. 2-1, Brewers get the win today in Pittsburgh. Oh. Pirates, they take two of three in Pittsburgh, again, off tomorrow, and then they will open up a series against the Cardinals beginning on Tuesday. What did manager Craig Council have to say about his team's victory today? We'll uh, play his uh, post-game comments coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings as we continue to broadcast the show live at the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. We're back in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. The 0-1, fly ball, deep left, but playable for Christian Yelich. Moves back a couple of steps, makes the catch, and the inning is over. Brewers get a 2-1 win today. They knock off the Pittsburgh Pirates. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley as we continue to broadcast the show live at the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A. U-L-E-Y on air. The story of today's game for the Brewers was the pitching. Eric Lauer comes off the COVID list, goes four strong, giving up one run on three hits, and then they go to the bullpen as Brent Suter, Jake Cousins, Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader all throw a scoreless inning each to secure the victory for the Brewers. Manager Craig Council spent some time with the media just a little while ago, and he opened up his postgame thoughts talking about the performance of the pitching from top to bottom. Uh, we, we pitched really well today. I mean, I, I think when you rely on six guys to throw nine innings, you know, that's, that's a tall task for everybody to have a good day. And they, they all had really good days. So, um, you know, real real credit to, to everybody that threw the ball today. They did an excellent job. How did you think uh, Eric looked? I thought he was – I thought he looked great. I thought um, – you know, I think the thing you worry about is kind of command after not being on the um, mound for a while. And uh, I, I thought – Maybe that that was his. He was really sharp with that. If I had all his pitches working, um, and I and we were, I was happy to get where he got in the game was what we were hoping to get. We were hoping to get four innings and seventy five ish, eighty pitches, and so job well done. I thought he uh, the layoff 
didn't really affect them. We just tried to be a little careful with them, but uh, did, did a nice job. Greg, can you talk a little bit more about uh, what your bullpen was able to accomplish today with uh, – I mean, they're really, really efficient. You know, Jake had a little bit of trouble getting that slider over uh, early, but, man, all of a sudden he found it and got those uh, final two outs, but uh, didn't take many pitches for you guys to get through uh, through the work today. Well, the, the, the tough part for those guys today was that they pitched – they all pitched their inning with a one-run lead, so there was very little margin for error. Um, and that, that makes their innings different. But they all – like, I think you're right, Jake um, – didn't have the slider going when he when he came in the game, but but after got it going when he needed to, um, and then made some really good pitches to to the last couple of hitters. Um, you know the the Pirates are an aggressive team, so we 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 had a first pitch swing from Polanco and Boxes inning. We let him have a quick inning and some quick swings off Devin. They let him have a pretty fast inning, and um, and then Josh was really crisp. Offensively, those. Uh, two miscues the Pirates made early on really loomed large for you guys um, with the offensive struggles today, didn't they? Yeah, it was, it was a quiet day offensively. We, we didn't do much. Um, I thought I thought their I thought their guys pitched pretty well, um, but we we didn't do much. I know. I think off day is welcome here. We got a tired tired crew right now, um, so off day is uh, very welcome. Craig, Craig, good teams have to win all kinds of games, though, right? I mean, you haven't really had many games like that with the Pirates, you know, true double pitching duels, but you still got to find a way to win them, don't you? Yeah, this this is more resembled a, a game early in the season for us, um, but you know that that's that's how it is. You're right. Um, there's there's going to be different types of games, and we pitched well enough today to to make it hold up. So. Um, our offense has been pretty stout lately, I think, and, and pretty solid lately, and pretty consistent in putting up putting up runs uh, every game. And had a slow day today, but uh, you know that's that's a good team, and that's that's you can win win like you said, you can win games in different ways. Brent's got a good sense of humor about the whole vulture thing, but he's got twelve wins now, and he's one off being tied for the major league lead. Does that number jump out at you a little bit for a reliever? I mean, I think. We've, it's become a thing, so so I think the whole team's aware of it, and at least the bullpen guys are definitely aware of it right now. Um, it, it's a it's a really odd number, and one of those things about baseball that you, you can't explain necessarily. Um, so we'll just we'll keep rolling with it and keep racking up the wins. That sounds good. It's a good it's a good number to keep adding by your name. Hey, you guys haven't seen the Cardinals for a long time, and now you're going to start seeing them a bunch. They spun their wheels a lot this year, but now they've pushed ahead of 500 by quite a bit, um, or, or a bit. Um, do you expect tough games with them? They got Flaherty back now. Yeah, of course. I mean, we think it's. I think the the theme here is just the frequency which with we play them. We got we're going to become very familiar with them over the last six weeks, um, and it's it's always a challenging it's challenging for sure. Um, they're getting they're getting healthier. They made they made some trades for some veterans at the deadline in the rotation. Um, it, it sounds like we're going to face a couple guys that are recently back from from injury that are that are good pitchers. So it, it'll definitely be a challenge. 
Manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago after the Brewers come up with a win over the Pirates 2-1, and they take two of three in the series. A text message from the 414. How much are the Brewers going to use uh, Rowdy Telez and Daniel Vogelback with Eduardo Escobar being here now, and will the Brewers have all three for the playoffs? I... I don't know what's going to happen with Vogelback. So a move was made today that his uh, his injury rehab assignment at AAA Nashville was over. So he has returned from Nashville, but he's not come off the injured list. That is an odd move, and he's been healthy for a while, just kind of buying some time at AAA. There's not a clear spot on the roster form at this point. If you didn't hear the news earlier today, uh, Travis Shaw was kind of in the exact same situation. Travis Shaw is not in the organization anymore. Travis Shaw was designated for assignment, and he was claimed by the Boston Red Sox. So Travis Shaw is headed to Boston, and he is going to rejoin the team that he uh, was acquired from by the Brewers the first time he became a Brewer. So Travis Shaw is uh, is out of the organization. That was We've talked about these tough decisions that might be being made with the way the roster is put together, and that's really the first one. We, we finally hit a point where it all didn't just work out, where a move had to be made, and the move that was made was Travis Shaw being designated for assignment, and he's now a member of the Boston Red Sox. I don't know if the same type of thing is going to happen with Daniel Vogelback. Uh, this is an organization and a team that values Vogelback, likes what he does, likes uh, the type of at-bats that he can take. You know, if, if you can buy time, if you can buy time until September 1st, well, then the roster expands by two spots, and maybe you find a way to get him there. But it's August fifteenth right now, and he just he he can't just sit in limbo for all this time. So I don't know what they're going to do, but at some point in time, a decision is going to be made. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We are broadcasting live at the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. Brewers get the win over the Pirates by a 2-1 score. How does it all go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. Brewers pick up the 2-1 win today over the Pirates. They take two of three in the series. Let's go back through the game with the highlights. Eric Lauer on the mound for the crew. Dylan Peters coming up from AAA Indianapolis to make the start for the Pirates. The Brewers, they strike first with one out in the top of the first inning. Willie Adamas gets a base hit. He then steals second, and that brings up Eduardo Escobar. 1-2. Swing and a bouncer hit towards the middle. Rodolfo Castro has a throw to first, and Moran was not on the bag. The ball scoots into the Brewers' dugout. Escobar will get second base. Coming into score is Willie Adamas, and it's one nothing Milwaukee. They rule an error on Castro, and rightfully so, but it was a really weird play by Moran at first base. He was just kind of on the ground, and he didn't even get up to go chase down that ball. So the Brewers lead by a one nothing score. Eric Lauer on the mound, making his first start at about two weeks, coming off the COVID injured list. A scoreless first in the second inning. Uh, gets the uh, first couple outs, has a, a run on, or a runner on as a result of a an error by Willie Adamas, but with a two outs he's facing off against Gregory Polanco. 
Lauer the stretch again. Escobar not holding Stallings. Lauer's pitch. Struck him out swinging. High fastball. Four strikeouts for Eric Lauer in the first two innings. The Brewers take a 1-0 lead into the third inning, and they add to it. Without, with one out, Willie Adamas walks. With two outs, Christian Yelich at the plate. And the pitch driven out to right. Polanco came in on it. It's over his head, and it one-hops the wall. Adamas is around third. They're going to wave him home. Here comes the throw. It's way up the third baseline as Adamas slides in there safely. And Yelich into second. The Brewers lead it 2 to nothing. Bottom of the third inning, the Pirates answer one of those runs back. Kevin Newman, the Brewers will be good to see and not see him again for a while. Kevin Newman leads the inning off with a double. Dylan Peters then puts down a sacrifice bunt. That allows Newman to move to third, and it brings up the former Brewer, Ben Gamble. Ground ball to the right side, gobbled up by Wong. He will throw from his backside, and Escobar will pick it for the out. The run will score, but what a play by Wong and Escobar to get the second out of the inning. Gamble's still standing at first thinking that he beat it out, and they're going to challenge this one. And he's going to be safe after getting another look, and that's the call. Yeah, so Gamble was safe at first base, and that gets the Pirates back within one run at 2-1. Little did we know at the time, that would be it for the scoring. Eric Lauer comes back out as now the Brewers are protecting a one-run lead in the fourth inning. He gets Jacob Stallings to fly out, Rodolfo Castro to strike out, and it brings up Gregory Polanco. The 0-1. Fly ball, deep left, but playable for Christian Yelich. Moves back a couple of steps, makes the catch, and the inning is over. That would be the final out recorded by Eric Lauer. In the Brewers' half of the fifth inning, Christian Yelich is at the plate with no one on and two outs. Yelich, check swing, ground ball. That's a fair ball, and he might have extra bases. He's around first, he's headed for second, and he is going to have a check swing double. Two doubles for Christian Yelich. Yeah, you'll take it. That would end the day for Dylan Peters. Kyle Keller would come on, and he would get out of the inning. Brent Suter replaces Eric Lauer in the fifth inning for uh, Suter. He gets Kevin Newman to uh, line out and then uh, John Nagowski to strike out. So two outs in the inning, and it's once again Ben Gamble at the plate. 3-2 pitch to Gamble, a swing and a miss, and Suter strikes him out. Two strikeouts and a flawless fifth for Brent Suter. When you look back at this game, the big inning was probably the sixth. The Brewers holding a one-run lead, and Jake Cousins comes on to pitch. Key Brian Hayes ends up with a base hit. He then steals second. So runners on at first and second with nobody out. After uh, Brian Reynolds pops out, uh, Colin Moran walks. So you've got uh, a couple on with just one out in the inning. Cousins was having a hard time getting his slider across for strikes. And then right there at the stamp of a finger, everything changes, facing off against Jacob Stallings. Cousins straightens up and throws. Strike three called. Fastball inside corner at 96. Cousins got the call from Ted Barrett. That's the second out of the inning. A massive second out recorded by Jake Cousins. And it brings up Rodolfo Castro. Castro widens that stance just a bit. Here's the stretch in 0-2. Struck him out swinging with a slider. Jake Cousins gets out of a jam in the sixth. 
The Brewers are at their best when they're able to send Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader out to cover the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings, respectively. They haven't done that a whole lot since the All-Star break for various reasons. They get to do it today. Brad Boxberger puts up a 0 in the 7th, Devin Williams a 0 in the 8th, and it brings on Josh Hader in the ninth inning. First battery faces Colin Moran. He strikes out swinging, then a ground out off the bat of Jacob Stallings. So in a one-run game, the Brewers leading 2-1. There's two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, and Rodolfo Castro is at the plate. Three and two with two outs on Rodolfo Castro. Hader throws. Struck him out. Swinging ball game over. Hader comes in. Strikes out a pair. And the Brewers will leave Pittsburgh. Winners of two of three in the series. With the win, the Brewers go to 72 and 47. The Pirates, they drop to 42 and 76. Winning totals for the crew. Two runs, six hits, one airs. They leave eight. For the Pirates, one run, four hits, one air. They leave five. Winning pitcher, it is Brent Suter as he goes to 12 and five. The loss to Peters, 0 and 1. Josh Hader, the save, his 23rd of the year. No home runs hit. The game lasting three hours and Nine minutes played in front of a small crowd of just 12,001 people at PNC Park. Brewers get the 2-1 win over the Pirates. We'll come back. We'll preview the Cardinal series. We'll also get you scores from across the National League Central. That's all up next as we continue to broadcast the show live. We are inside the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. We wrap up Brewers Extra Innings next here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 2-1, the Brewers get the win over the Pirates today as they take 2-3 of three in the series. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings as we are broadcasting the show live at the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. Just a couple minutes left in the program here on the uh, final day of the State Fair. Big show uh, coming up uh, this evening is uh, Hank Williams. He is going to be uh, performing on uh, the big stage. And still, if you have not uh, gotten the opportunity to come out to the State Fair, you still got time. It's going on throughout the course of the uh, rest of the evening. Do want to let you know what else happened across the National League Central today. Uh, the Reds, they pick up a win as they knock off Philadelphia, winning by a 7-4 score. Uh, Sonny Gray was on the mound for the Reds, goes four and two-thirds innings. He allows three runs on four hits. He does not factor into the decision. Lucas Sims picks up the win, his fifth win of the season for uh, the Reds as they get that uh, 7-4 win and go to 64-55, and continuing to try to chase down a wild-card spot. The Cardinals are playing really good baseball right now. They knock off the Royals by a 7-2 score. Jay Happ got the start for St. Louis. He goes 5-2 and thirds scoreless, 5 hits, 2 strikeouts, 2 walks. Nolan Arenado hits his 25th home run of the year. Uh, Tyler Neal hitting his 20th of the year. And the Cardinals get the win as all of a sudden they are 5 games clear of 500 at 61-56. and and the struggles, they continue for the Chicago Cubs. They lose to the Miami Marlins by a 4-1 score as the Cubs drop to 52-68. and So as we do take a look at the standings right now uh, in the National League Central, the Brewers current lead in the division. It is sitting at 8 games over the Reds and 10 games over the Cardinals, where the Cubs are 20-and-a-half back, the Pirates are 29-and-a-half back. We're also continuing to watch what's going on in the NL East, where the Braves 
Braves are now one game clear of the Phillies and two games clear of the Mets. The Braves are currently alone in first place in the National League East. Watching those wild card standings, the Dodgers have the top wild card. The Padres lead for that second wild card. It is down to two games. They have a two-game lead on the Reds and a four-game lead on the Cardinals with the Phillies four-and-a-half back and the Mets five-and-a-half back. But the Reds and the Cardinals absolutely making a run for that wild card. This uh, series coming up, again, the Brewers and Cardinals are going to match up a lot, and the Cardinals absolutely are in wild card contention here at the moment. So off day coming up tomorrow, and then the Brewers will open up a series against the Cardinals coming up on Tuesday night. Corbin Burns is set to make the start in the opener for the Brewers. The right-hander will come in with a 7-4 record and a 2.23 ERA while Adam Wainwright he is set to make the start for St. Louis coming up on Tuesday. The righty having a really good season. He is 11-6 with a 3.27 ERA. 6.45 for first pitch. A little bit of a funky first pitch time. That means our coverage starts at 6.10 and I will talk to you on Tuesday night with another edition of Brewers Extra Innings. Once again, Brewers over the Pirates today, 2-1. We'll talk to you on Tuesday here on WTMJ.